May 20, 2021. It's the Watt for Pedro Show.
Live from yeah. Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Start off with John Coltrane. Come rain or come shine. That's right. You know, come rain or come shine. Yesterday, I didn't have a show. But if I would have, it would have been 20th anniversary of Watt from Pedro show. Brother Matt, miss you big time. Uh, but those um, Estonian software engineers with their Skype adventure, I'm not totally man alone. Because I got Brother Eric Slick with me. Welcome aboard, Eric. Thank you so much for having me. It is an honor. And we heard uh, after John Cotrain, don't care from you. Yeah. And, and, and you're talking to me from Philadelphia? No, I live in Nashville now. Okay, okay. Yeah. But at one time, well, we'll get into your fucking journey through music. In <laughs> yeah. fact, let's let's start it right now. Please bring your earliest musical recollection, please, Eric. Absolutely. So my first memories are banging on my crib. Uh, my parents would play uh, some of the prog rock from the 70s, like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, but they'd also play like Stanley Clark records. And I would just bang on my crib as hard as I possibly could. And I think they both looked at each other and knew that I'd be a drummer someday. <laughs> yeah, there's a, the big record when I was in high school, or just graduating, was School Days. Yes, exactly. Oh, so you know, okay. Oh, oh, I know, man. I mean, we could get we could get super deep about all this stuff because um, my grandfather was in the Buddy Rich Big Band. He was a trombonist, uh, so <laughs> he he got, he got eviscerated on one of. Yeah, the, like, did he blow some clams and have to pay for it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Buddy fired him um, for because my grandpa only liked, once. My, my well, my grandpa liked to talk back to him. You know. Ah. He, Okay. He didn't care. He didn't care. Okay. Okay. No. Because I, I've heard of people getting scissored and then he hired you back the next day because he needed you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my grandpa got eviscerated because he called Buddy a Dixieland drummer, which was like at the time, like you, you couldn't call him anything but the greatest drummer in the world. He had a, he had quite an ego on him. But um, He then, had some you know, skills, you know, but I think for me... His feels a little military. It's extremely military. Okay. It's, extre it's extremely stiff. I mean, not just the fucking shit with the talking, but even in his playing style. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. he was he was an extremely serious person. And then when it came into his playing, he was very stiff. But my, my grandpa played with a lot of people. I mean, he, he was with like Jimmy Heath. And actually, we're talking to Coltrane. Jimmy um, Heath. All right. I, my grandpa uh, roomed with Coltrane. They were in, like, right before Coltrane got clean, um, my grandpa... Which was were, in Philadelphia, because that it, house on 33rd Street's where it happened, where Cousin Mary ended up living. Exactly, exactly. So that's where my grandpa used to hang out. I mean, they were, I mean, unfortunately, back in the day, they were, like, drug buddies, you know? Yeah. But then they were, in, they were uh, you know, Coltrane was, like, bumming around for gigs, and this was before Blue Train. This was before he had the big revelation. You know, this was before, like, Sheets of Sound. But that, that's what my grandpa used to do. He used to play in big bands around Philadelphia. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, so you got music in your family. I'm going to ask about that. So yeah. the, the pad you grew up in, Eric, even though you were banging on all kinds of shit, was there other kinds of instruments, musical instruments? Yeah, my dad's a guitar collector. Oh, okay. And and you've actually interviewed my sister before. So, uh, my oh, the bass player. Yeah. My sister's. Yeah. That's Julie. Yeah. She's great. 
yeah. That's, that's right. She's Philadelphia. Now, yeah. my connect with her was via Petra Hayden. Exactly. Small exactly. fucking world, huh? <laughs> it's so small. So yeah, so we had we had like basses and guitars in the living room, and um, I picked up the kit at five, and my sister picked up bass shortly thereafter. She was like nine or ten when she started playing. She had my dad had a fretless Gibson Ripper, and that was what she learned on. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. You know, God damn, the fucking first bass I had, you could put your arm between the strings and the fretboard. I always love that story about you where you'd say that uh, you and Boone, like, you'd, uh, you'd be like, oh, I like my strings loose. Or I like well, my we strings. didn't relate the tension of the string to pitch. Yeah. We thought, you know, when I met him, well, he only knew creams, right? So we thought if you played down on the corner, it sounded right, you were in tune. We didn't know your <laughs> down on the corner had to be the other. Yeah, we thought it was something personal about tension. Uh, but back to your story. So yeah. what about in school were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that i was in jazz band uh so they were a little bit um apprehensive about letting me play at such a young age but i was in the jazz band at school in like sixth and seventh grade and, and the first material that we did was like art blakey's moaning you know kind of like typical jazz band stuff like i mean it was it was fairly hip but like yeah we do art blakey jazz or we messengers. do like yeah, yeah exactly he, he had yeah. a you know, there's a whole tradition that got lost with those cats about bringing on the young guys, you know, the I mentor know. thing. And he did buttloads of that. I seen John, first time I saw John Coltrane send Ravi, it was working with uh, Max Roach, you know, uh -huh. and Delfeo uh, on the bone. Same, yeah, this thing where you would play with the older masters. Uh, what about the first record you bought with your own money? <laughs> uh so this is funny but the first record i bought with my own money was mc hammer's too legit to quit okay um, um did you get then, the fucking pants that went with them <laughs> I, I was begging my parents to get those pants <laughs> um but then but like right after that i got really into queen like queen was my first favorite band i loved everything about queen uh so we I guess this was like 1991 or 1992. Um, Wayne's World came out, and they had that big Bohemian Rhapsody scene in the car. So I was a, that was my first favorite song, and I remember going to the Sam Goody with my parents to pick up the Wayne's World soundtrack. But you, the first one you spent money on was actually MC Hammer. Exactly, well, it was Bad Boy for the Athletics when he was a boy. Now, what exactly. was the first gig you went and saw, Eric? Okay, first gig was Ringo Starr's All Star Band. Uh, this was 1989 and it was actually, it was the first time Ringo did like a, a full on solo tour with the all-star band and the band was killer. It was Jim Keltner, uh, leave on Helm. Jim Keltner. I got to record with him once. What a oh my God. beautiful a drummer man from Tulsa. Uh, That's right. Right. You know, who, um, who's the piano man brought him out. Uh, got my memory. He, great, great. He was a side man. He got him going with the English dog and Englishman, Joe Cocker, and that shit. Oh, Joe Leon Cocker. Russell. Yes. No, Leon, Leon Russell. Leon Russell. He's yes. the guy who brought Jim Keltner. And I got to record Mike Baguetta a few years ago. But uh, a beautiful man. I I should ask you, that that's the, the photograph and no, no, the no song? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no, so, no, no, I don't do that anymore. I'm tired of waking up on the floor. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so check, so check it out. The you know, he also took the picture of Mark Bolin on the cover slider. Oh yeah, that's Ringo Starr on the cover of the slider. No, he took the fucking picture. He did. I didn't so know it's that. Mark Bolin's on the cover, but well, that's sure. why I got you on the show to fucking enlighten you to fucking intense shit <laughs> like that, Eric. Uh, you I, and I'm looking at it right now, and it is Ringo who did it. But, Me and so D. Boone favorite, saw so I, that tour. That was our first gig. No way, pinchy way. I wouldn't bullshit you. My favorite song on that record is "Chariot Chugal." Oh yeah, what a what an Econo lick! It's half yeah. step. <laughs> yeah, right. And then the yeah. chorus is like what? It's just because right, you're learning all these licks and shit. What do you, what do you mean? You just hold the chord. You just hold you know, the cord. And his name was Bill Curry. I think Will Legend, the drummer man, is the only guy left. But I learned a lot from Bill Curry. Good bass. Well, There's some tunes on that record where it's just him and Mark, like Main Man. Yep. That's just Love. bass and guitar and singing. And then Flo and Eddie on backups. Of course, of course. So good. Of course, of course. I think they're on the whole fucking thing. I think that was a... Uh, well, they're from Electric Warrior, too. I, I think it might have been Tony Visconti idea. It was, exactly. You know, uh, who's incredible, who's still around making music. In fact, has a Watt Plower bass. Look, I want to play Bullfighter. It holds a place in my memory of you. The night we made honest enemies of
and ride. The doomed sky has nothing on you. Roving and scrounging, pillaging the countryside. With the wind at your back, you ride.
Watt from Pedro. Start that chunk of music off with Eric Slick doing Bullfighter. Little uh, fucking Ernest Hemingway crossed with some, uh, God, what's her name? Knight of Iguana. Incredible. I love her. Great Knight actress. Of yeah, Tennessee Williams. I don't know Knight uh, of Iguana. Yeah, you would. You would. You would. Uh, uh, who's the drinker? Mary Delis. Ava Gardner. Ava Gardner, right. But the, uh, Richard Burton is the other yes. guy. Yeah, he's Richard a defrocked priest. Ah. Okay, anyway, so... this is about you. Fuck that. Bullfighter, <laughs> Eric Slick. After that, Street Eaters with West. That's, uh, God, I can't remember. This fucking memory thing, it's like a muscle, though. You got to use it or you lose. But but he was in Triclops. I just can't remember his name right now. Uh, Bombus Prendon after that, In the Trees. These guys been around 40 years, recorded 5,000 songs, did five gigs. They're still going. Uh, SLWCC Watt, New Proj out of Iowa City. Sam Lockward. We made an album. Ain't even met the guy. Met his wife. His wife gave me some of the CDs. I think that was the initial connect. The student ride. The married ones after that with Pretty Things. Pretty Things. Ron Ashton's favorite band. Mm. Yeah, by the way. Blood Quartet, brand new out of Barcelona. This has got one of the cats from Mars, if you remember No Wave, out of New York City, late 70s. Uh, Eigenlicht, Blood Quartet. Aruba, Avu, after that, Umval, Que Depe. Great. I love this cat. Port Portuguese. Uh, Hansone Potker, after that, with Dawn's Light, something that took 10 years or something. See the light of day, but did. And then something you were drumming for, Dr. Dog. Yep. Casual free fall. Finally. Yep. Not something I picked on my own. <laughs> Eric Slick, you are not your mind. Mm-hmm. You are not your mind. That's a trippy phrase. But yeah. Anyway, you can't copyright a song title, people. <laughs> just just to show us to go. So, okay. They don't like you doing jazz band at five years old or whatever the fuck it was. But but you, you still do it. But you do music on the other side too, right? Like uh, in the afternoon, the, 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 the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band. Yeah, exactly. So but, Yeah, but when do you get on the fucking guitar? So when I was in sixth grade, I had a really bad case of like pneumonia. I was out of school for like a month. I know about that. It almost killed me at 22 years old. They had bags of ice between my arms and legs. Oh, it is the worst. So I was really sick, and my dad, like I said, he had a guitar collection. And um, I started picking up the guitar one day, and at the time, that band Everclear, remember Everclear uh, from Oregon? They were really big on the radio. And so I taught myself one of the songs, and that was the beginning of my guitar playing. I was just doing it by ear at first, and then um, I was looking at tabs, you know, looking at, like, uh, songbooks and stuff. And then um, we, my dad and I were driving around about a month later, and uh, we listened to the radio. And I looked at him, and I said, hey, that, that's the same chord from the song that I learned. And that's when he figured out that I had perfect pitch, like he – my dad was the one who put it together. I didn't know how to. I didn't know what that meant at the time. Well, you know, why can't drummers have good pitch? Of course, <laughs> they're using a lot of rhythm, right? 
And yeah. the notes don't last that long, right? Like milliseconds <laughs> after you hit them. But mm-hmm. it's it's still fundamentals of what everybody else is doing. I hate this fucking division between, uh, you know, musicians. I just think I, it's bull. It's it's segregation. It is. Yeah, it's bad. Chico I mean, Hamilton lot, could lot, not get songwriting credit in the '60s. Drummers right. can't write songs. Bullshit. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I felt like. Um, you know, why couldn't I learn other instruments? Because it would make me a better musician. And that's why I started. Well, you really learned the, you learned the right one first because you can play drums. I think you can play anything because especially rock and roll rhythm is a huge component. Yeah, of course. Of course. Okay. So we're not doing the Paganini, you know, hundred notes before we repeat the melody fucking thing with a cape on. <laughs> <laughs> We're all little fucking fake drummers. That's why well, we hide them in the rear. That well, was a you big fuck-up that the Minutemen did. We should have never had George Hurley in the back. Georgie should have been way up front like I've been doing the last 20 years with my bands. All we got the drummer down front now. Fuck that denial I, shit. I love it. I so, love it. Have, so, you ever seen, have you ever seen Deerhoof? Of course. I made an album with uh, the drummer man who, who actually Greg? also writes. Yeah, he's also a composer. Went to Oberlin. A big music right. school in uh, Ohio. That's right. Uh, yeah, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Sorry. <laughs> but that's oh, for, no, it's it's for okay. the listeners, Eric. It's for the listeners. That's but, right. But, but anyway, uh, you know, and I've also played with other drummer cats. They're like, you know, they've, they've taught me that the, that the whole fucking trip about drummer jokes. Give me a break, yeah. you jealous assholes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> You know, uh, when was the first time you played a gig on the drums? Uh, you'll really like this. So I was uh, about nine years old, and my friend, uh, one of my childhood friends was a guy named John Pfeffer, and he had a band called, Ca- he later had a band called Capillary Action. Did his name ever- start with a P? John Pfeffer. With a P? Yeah. Yeah, tell people about this. It's German way. You make your mouth like an F, but you say a... Make it like a P, but you say an F. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. so John, John and I had a band, and we played at our local Flag Day Festival, and John was a very adventurous nine-year-old, and he had discovered the Stooges. And we're, so talk, the first we're talking song... grade school now. Exactly. So <laughs> he, he discovers the Stooges, and we covered I Want to Be Your Dog, at our, our local Flag Day Festival. <laughs> which, which was like, what, like grade school, right? K, yeah. K through six. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Was it a success? Uh, I mean, I remember. I mean, they didn't throw shit. Well, I was, I mean, the people in the crowd were, I think, blown away that we were covering a Stooges tune. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, I, credit I, to them for even knowing, motherfuckers. That's right. Yeah. Now, what was the first gig you did on guitar? The first gig I did on guitar was a Who tribute show. So I played uh, like The Kids Are All Right and a couple of other tunes. Uh, I, I was a big Who fan So for up. your first gigs were like copying. Me, D. Boone, we learned that way too, copying songs. You have to. I mean, that's just... No, uh, I've had people on the show, especially since the movement. Yeah. Right away, they started writing their own shit. Mm-hmm. I, I love it, man. Yeah, there was a big paradigm shift after the 70s. Yeah. 
You know, you're you you had that advantage of your parents being really musical and shit. But a lot of the cats, because they had to go along with the way the movements were. And I'm part of this part where no one wrote their own fucking songs. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. after me, <laughs> with the punk movement, <laughs> you had cats not even knowing how to play. I mean, this is what me and D-Boom saw up in Hollywood when we went to our first gigs. Dudes who did not know how to play, but didn't give a fuck and were writing their own tunes. That's right. That's right. When, so when did when that did, happen for you, Eric? When did I start writing tunes? And playing them for people. Uh, that was way later because when I was in my teenage years, I kind of went through the same thing that you were talking about where my musician friends were not necessarily uh, encouraging me to write tunes. And it wasn't until I got – so I got to college and I, I went to jazz school for a very short period of time. But I met a, I met a guy named Dominic Angelella. And Dom and I, on the first day of school, we were talking about Trout Mask. You know, like we were talking about yeah, how much we love. Yeah, we were talking about how much we both love Trout Mask. We became we became fast friends because of that. And then uh, he was the one who really encouraged me to write songs. He knew that I could play guitar. He knew that I could play drums. So about that, I, up to that time, that's kind of yeah. like me. You you hadn't written songs. Like I only wrote one song as a teenager. King. It was called Mr. Bass King Outer Space. It was basically about playing a solo on stage and blowing the rest of the band. I obviously had issues. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of uh, hierarchy in the old, uh, more older days. And sure. bass was where you put the retarded friend. Yeah, it was like right field in Little League. Got it. Yeah. So what was the first song you wrote? Can you remember? I can. Well, okay, so the first song that I wrote, like, without anybody knowing about it, was when I was <laughs> se- was when I was seven. So I wrote a song called The Old Man and the Old Woman, and it was like, I, my dad had a half-broken ukulele sitting around the house, and that, I was just futzing around on that. And there's probably, like, a, a tape, you know, a cassette tape Shit, recording. you should have floated. I know, I should have, I should have. So there's that, but then um, the first song that I wrote like that I presented to my friend Dominic after Dom. Yeah. Yeah. After Dom was, uh, I wrote a song called Def Gene for our project Lithuania. Um, ah, I'm going to be playing that in the third hour. I didn't know the chronology. So actually yeah. Lithuania is before all this Eric Slick shit. Look, Definitely. we're at the end of the first hour, May 20, 2021 dish. Why Peter show special guest, Eric Slick. Hold tight for hour two. It's May- one thing to copy, you know, <laughs> Yeah, you're right. It's one thing to go. May 20, <laughs> 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro show.
Alarm, alarm, my fears go on and on To the army at war with love And one day the hero
Off for Pedro Show. Talking about Land Speed Record people off here. Start the second hour off with Eric Slick doing Note. Then a cat from uh, Philadelphia, uh, Max Nomach. He was on the show a couple months ago, American Child. Great stuff. M- Mickey Sanker after that with Nice Man. In fact, this cat, he knows that drummer man I know, Jason. Uh, he plays with uh, Bardo Pond. He puts his hair in braids. Jason Corcunas? That's it. So Jason was my old drum teacher. Wow, he's a good cat. Yes, he is. Good cat, good cat. I haven't seen him in a while, but yeah, I think maybe he was playing with Hot Snakes when I first met. I can't remember, but good cat, and he's friends of this cat. And then uh, Mickey Sanker, nice man. That's from uh, Jack Brewer. Lucas Abel out of Sydney with Audi. And finally, Eric Slick, when it comes down to it. And that was provided by you. I think that's more recent stuff. Yeah, that's from last year. That's right, that's right. me. That's me trying to go full uh, Steely Dan, you know. The Dan, <laughs> the fucking Dan. I'll be the day I go back to Annandale. That's right. <laughs> right, gladiolas are going outside your door. Uh-huh. You know that's supposed to be barred, right? Yeah, Guadalajara so, won't do it. And so, yeah, right. Wayman Mary won't do it. Yeah. And in fact, Bobby Dylan. At that school, supposedly when he was a janitor, wrote subterranean homesick blues. So I didn't know terrible. that. Well, that's why you're on the fucking show. That's now, right. now, now, okay. So you got a guitar and you're in songwriting mode now. Thank God from your buddy Dom. Yeah. And so, do you get on a tear? Do you buy a four track? I mean, what happens? Exactly. So I bought I bought myself just like a crappy little acoustic guitar because I was living. I, I moved out of my folks' place. And start, I bought a guitar. Uh, I got some recording equipment. I had a four track and I had um, like a USB microphone for my computer. And that's how I was doing all the demos for that stuff. And then I would, you know, I was emailing it or texting it to Dom. And then he'd add his thing. But we would also just meet up at like eight o'clock in the morning every day and write. You know, like we didn't have, we didn't have steady jobs or anything. It was just like, well, this is our band now and like we're going to, we're going to learn from each other. And Dom is one of the most prolific writers that I know. And he's also such a great writer that I couldn't help but soak up what he was teaching Fuck, you, me. You, you know, you got, you got to turn me on to some of his music. You know, after the show and shit, will you like flow me some stuff so I can check it out? But uh, yeah. here's something I want to know. It seems like I'm going to take on the guitar because this is a composition tool and I can compose with it. But you still got these drummer skills. So at the same time where you're saying you don't have a, a other kind of employment, but was you still using your music school, skills as a drummer to help other cats out? So you were still doing something in a parallel universe? Yeah. Well, so what I was doing at the same time was uh, I joined the Adrian Blue Band. So Oh, your sister. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, like when I was 19, I was gigging with Adrian and my sister. And that was like. But this ain't the Art Bears. No, this is not the Art Bears. No. Okay. That's Fred Frith. Oh, that's right. That's right. So Adrian. No, he had the Frith. Bears. He just had the Bears, right? Yes. Yes, exactly. Fucking my memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's okay. You're doing great. So we had, uh, you know, we were doing a lot of these shows. Uh, so you got to you know, consider that kind of work. It's funny. Yeah. I know we call it playing when we play music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So go on. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. So we started touring with him. And then I was also, I was also picking up work playing with the old Zappa guys. So um, around 18 or 19. Are those the the guys that called themselves Dinosaur? Uh, King Crimson? No, Dinosaurs. You said the old. Oh, no, that's right. King Crimson guys. Grateful King Dead Crim- guys was the dinosaurs, and that's why Jay had to fucking change the name of his band. Okay. Exactly, exactly. The Crimson guys, because Adrian played with the Crimson guy and Tony and shit. Right, yeah, right, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Zappa dudes that I toured with were like um, from the 70s, late 70s era. And we, we uh, I was doing both of those. Oh, Roxy and Elsewhere. Course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Napoleon Murphy Brock, the singer. A, a, tri- a trippy, a bass man who played with a pick, Scott Thiel or Scott Tunis? Scott, Scott Tunis was later, yeah. Oh, he's later? Man, great player, though. Fuck. Insane player. <laughs> Insane. And, and I mean, then I got guys. to meet that drummer man, the, the Black Page guy. Terry? Terry. Little guy, man, but the sweetest man in the world. He came right off the stage and talked to me for an hour after playing no a way. stadium. Yeah, I was watching right. on the side. The guy was beautiful. Was Terry Bosio. It was fucking t- uh, Mike Patton. Uh, uh, not the uh, middle Phantom? class one, but the... Uh, yeah, yeah, Fantoma. Yeah, yeah. Love that band. Yeah. Any, so that- anyway, so so you're doing that. You're doing two parallel bands, and these are kind of proggy. There's a lot of material to learn. Yeah. Yeah, and the Zappa stuff is all from memory, too, because... You know, you can't go on stage with a score. So, like, I'm having to learn all this stuff. And we had 150 songs. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and that stuff's not easy, you know. Fuck it's, no! <laughs> no, it's, it's turn on a dime. So I was getting my, I was kind of getting my ass handed to me back then, you know. Uh, a lot of the older guys in the band were, you know, very upfront with me about what they what they wanted. And, um it was a great learning. You know experience. what? Because that's what Frank fucking did to them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, we've been through it. We've been put through the ringer. <laughs> Your turn, brother. Oh, yeah. yeah. I want to play children.
help me anyway.
Pedro show. Eric Slick with Children start off that chunk. Then Black Randy and the Metro Squad. There's some 70s Hollywood punk. I slept in an arcade. Alexander DeLarge versus Super Freak out of Italy with Arcetta. I'm always fucking up that double C thing. 
Well, the C sounds in Italy, I'm always ruining. Sorry. Scusi, <laughs> scusi, scusi. But, uh, yeah, there's a pasta, and especially where these guys are from, down south, Bari, and uh, Puglia, Rizioni. And it's uh, fucking ears, right? Because it's the shape of the pasta. What can hold the sauce the best? And I love this kind of little ears. Uh, or with uh, turnip tops, recipe number one. Uh, special interest after that, black silk stocking, troop a troop out of Poland with leave it all and finally closer to heaven. This is Eric Slick featuring Natalie Prass. Yeah, that's my wife. Okay. Now, the, I'm actually using the title I found because the one you gave me didn't mention that fact. <laughs> but this one did, I, the one I found off your uh, band camp trip. So, yeah, much respect. Natalie, yeah, fucking um, quite a musician. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and you're not afraid of that, right? That makes you, helps you get better, like with Dom. Exactly. So, some people like to surround themselves with little, what, uh, I'm using a metaphor, but midget, little, right? So they can look big. But that, Miles Davis said, no, no, put the best people around you. Get John yes. Coltrane in your fucking band. Exactly. <laughs> Cannonball Adderley, you fucking. Exactly. How okay. else are you supposed to grow? Right, right. But well, some people, there's some... Uh, what's it called? Narcissus? You know, it's all about me shit, right? Yeah, I know. It's I don't, giant. I don't it's really giant. So, <laughs> so all this training you're getting from the Frank Zappa musician guys and from uh, Adrian Ballou, uh this is still on the side, though, because you, you've yeah. got your own songs, your own music you want to bring out, right? Yeah. And yep. Dom, Dom's more part of that? Yeah, Dom was really encouraging in that zone. And then, uh, like... Lithu so our band Lithuania, the, it was kind of funny. Like we were trying, we were trying to model ourselves, you know, off the '80s punk bands, like the ones that were like you guys. You know, like we were trying to do that, and we thought it'd be funny to name ourselves after a country we had never visited. We just thought it would be hilarious, and we'd have, you know, like kind of like the No Man Is an Island, <laughs> but we're but the two of us are a country. <laughs> um, well, so No then, Man is also the way uh, Odysseus got out of the trap Polyphemus had him in by calling, telling himself was that when they stabbed him in the eye got him all borracho right and then stabbed him in the eye and he goes out to tell his cousins no man is attacking me oh, he's <laughs> fucking borracho <laughs> borracho so, so we so we go on tour and then right around the same time uh, the band Dr. Dog knew that I was uh, looking for a gig in Philadelphia and then they took me on in the band uh, as their drummer. Their drummer had quit. Uh, and there was a guy that they had kind of grown up with. And so they knew that I had the chops from playing all the prog stuff that I could handle doing songs. You learn know? quick, learn quick. Yeah, okay. exactly. But I was a fan of the band. I had seen them a ton of times in Philly. Well, that helps. <laughs> yeah. We're at the end of the second hour, May 20, 2021 edition. Why Peter's so special guest, Eric Slick. Hold tight for our three. May 20, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watford Pedro Show.
There's a producer in the boot. Producer. Uh, yeah. I mean, yep. look, your country career right now. Yep. I mean, if you, what would you rather have? To continue to do what you're doing or have one massive number one record that everybody's talking about and you're on the Today Show talking about it. I continue to do what I'm doing right uh, now. You know, we're so? reaching. Maybe, maybe nobody will like What have we got to lose? I got a lot um, to lose. I got a lot to lose, boy. I got a lot to lose. I moved here from Texas. I got on a bus and I went to Fresno and I thought Merle Haggard lived there. And then I come down here to Hollywood and everything's all fucked up. <laughs> That's not funny. You know what I'm talking about? I ain't funny. Get, get in the mood for it. You, it'll all come together okay. when you see what you're, what you're right. really trying to do. I'm now, sorry. I don't think you've really gotten the feeling yet. Alright. I'll try it again. <laughs> You're not judging whether it's more than that, just whether you can do it or not. Fuck you. Fuck you, an asshole. But you have the emotion to... I do have the emotion. You got it. Oh, I got it. Okay. Is there any way around this? Sing talking. I mean, with that, and is that possible? Yeah. Alright. I'll just talk it. No, I'll talk it. I'll talk it down all the way. I won't sing. Well, maybe you could capture the feeling if you did talk the first verse. Okay. Or would that be out of the question? No. See, that's I, fine. all I'm thinking about is here I am. I'm 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 uh, I, I'm a radio station person. I want to put yeah. this on the air, right? Because it says something. Now, if, I, if it's just a regular song and it just comes out like da 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 da, 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 da who cares? Da, da, da. But if 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 Walter Brennan. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, we're, yep. we're, we're doing, I mean, yep. that's, see, basically all I'm concerned with is not, is not producing a work of art here, but making money. Yeah. Lots of money, okay. Let's talk it all the way through. You want me to talk the song all the way through? I do. I just want to get out of here. Is that what I got to do? Let's try it, talking it all the way through. Okay. See what happens. I just want to go home. Christ, he's a sensitive man. I'm sick of this shit. Fuck you and your nose, motherfucker. Let's give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. That's when you almost have to like stand back from from yeah. all the disgust and everything you're feeling. Oh, okay. All right. You can sing that, but you've got to kind of set it off. All right, I, I set it off. Jesus Christ, he's a sensitive man. Are you talking about me or some other motherfucker? Listen. Now, wait a minute. I can't change attitudes. <laughs> I didn't apologize for nothing. I just want to get the fuck out of here. It can't be some no. It's got to be, you know, look. All right. One of the hardest things that anybody ever has to do is get up and, and, and talk about themselves or whatever in front of a lot of people. And you're always embarrassed. So if, you, if, yeah. if you've ever tried to read a love poem in front of a bunch of people, you never yeah, can you're do right. it. I mean, you're not right. very well. You're embarrassed yeah. to be emotive you, because people are watching and you're corny. Well, okay. it's much better to be corny uh, than, to be, uh, than to be bland. And what we want here is... Uh, 
I mean, what we want is, is, is just to have you forget that there are people out here watching you do it. And All right. You get amped when you're doing it. All right. Okay. All right. That's what I'll do, yeah. Whoa. Hey, that's all right. You can lead into it. I meant this. Man. I think it needs to be frustrated from the start. Hmm? Oh, I don't understand what you're talking about. <sighs> hey, I'll tell you He's what. a sensitive man. That's right. God damn it. I am a sensitive now, man. To me, that's a hundred times better. <laughs> What do you think? You but, yeah, but it, it, it seems like it doesn't close somehow now. It doesn't seem like an ending to that. Okay. Oh, now, fuck see, you. what you do here is now you, 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 can, you, you, can, you can do some ad lib. I'm sick of this stuff. But where the hell are all the real men in this country? I don't know. I mean, I can't find one no matter where I look. Yeah. I mean, I can take all my clothes in a bus stop, and all I'm going to get are people coming around handing me tickets to go see the Eileen Casorla show. I mean, I am pissed. I mean, this is ridiculous. Is and, you know, it fades out like that. And then you have a gimmick record. And yeah. you have a good one. What yeah. do you think? I think you're absolutely right, though. You know, please, I mean, you don't have to Seriously. humor. I won't humor you. Are you man or a woman? Something we're trying right. to, what we're trying to do here, see, if you say it, yeah. or, 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 or hum it, or, 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 or play or, it on, 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 on food, you're going to make as much money as yourself uh, as a thousand records and you can sing it, right? I mean, there's no difference. So basically, what we're trying to do is yeah. to get something that somebody's going to take and okay. play. All right. I am convinced that it will be easier to sell that than it will be the, the first two songs you You're the fact that there's no major label behind you. Yeah. If there's a major label, I'm wrong. If you're there's right. no major label, I'm right. You're wrong. I mean, I mean you're right. That sounds good. So, uh, what's your ticket from the top? Do it, and I'm gonna sit down and write the script for the end of it, and we can, we can always... Alright, just a second. Let me talk to you for a second. Oh, fuck. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> a Jimbo put my amp in the car, and, uh... I just can't, I just can't stick her. I don't know what you're talking about. Is that justice? Is that proper? I'm talking to you.
<laughs> Bob from Pedro Show. Start off the third hour with something from uh, Eric Slick's past. Him and Dom doing Lithuania and a tune called Pieces. Okay. John Wayne after that. No H and John, by the way. Not the same person. Texas Studio. And this is a drama to the nth degree, people. And anybody that's been in this sitch can relate. So I was thinking of Eric when I chose this one. Pino Ventana from uh, uh, Jason uh, LaVarge. Uh, what's the studio called? It's in uh, Brooklyn. Caesar, Caesar's Palace. It's <sighs> cracking the light. Cracking the eye. Public record after Battleship Gray. Yeah, and of course, the, the Gray's got an E, so it's England spelling. Finally, Lithuania. God in two persons. Great tune, man. Uh, okay. Go on with your, uh, your Lithuania. You guys went on tour. We went on tour, and then, yeah, the Dr. Dog guys picked me up. And then Lithuania, you know how it is with projects. You know, one back takes burner, a Backburner, right? Backburner. Yeah. So I went on the back burner for a while, and then, uh, you know, I toured the world with Dr. Dog for about four years, and then uh, Dominic and I finally decided to um, do, a, do a full-length record together, and that's the album Hardcore Friends. Um, so that was, we, we did that, we made that whole record in about three or four days, because, you know, we didn't have any money or anything, <laughs> so it was just like, go in the studio, bang it out, and um, that was our that was our first record. Yeah, now, here's a song from it called Crown Victoria. You know, for a while in SoCal here, LAPD was all Crown Vicks. That's exactly why the song is called <laughs> Crown Victoria. What? Did a good guess. The sky is placid and honest. And if my body begins betraying.
Watford Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Lithuania with the Learn How to Police Yourself tune. Crown Victoria. <laughs> I love it. After that, Thurston Moore with Zach Davis. This is what you do, you know, when you have a situation like we got. You, you collaborate with people. Uh, seven, seven, seventy-seven. Thurston Moore with Zach Davis. And then finally, something going way back when uh, Eric calls this his guitar era. I guess it's when you first got that acoustic and shit. Uh, a mess of tangle wire muscle. And I just thought it'd be... So we kind of went backwards. <laughs> last we did. music I played was the first music that you recorded. Uh, but let's talk about this new record that you did last year. And actually, you did something in December. You did a one-song thing. Can we still be friends? I was yeah, going to play Todd... it. Yeah, it's a Todd song that you, you reinterpreted. Yes. But... but uh, you know, I was going to play it, but then you gave me this other batch. And uh, but the, but the album you made right before that—that's from last year, right? Yeah, Wiseacre. Wiseacre. My, yeah. Okay, so that's the most contemporary. Because would you consider that the, the Todd cover kind of part of Wiseacre? Exactly. Yeah, things that are more influenced by like seventies AM pop. Well, 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 tell me, when when did the fucking first concept... Because Wiseacre ain't a Dom thing, right? No, no, this is a solo thing. So the concept for it started in 2018, and I really just wanted to make a record about getting married. Um, and Natalie and I got married in 2019, but the, the whole process of songwriting was sort of built around that. And I thought it was funny. I was uh, driving around listening to ELO. I was listening to the song Turn to Stone. And um, that was sort of the genesis of where I wanted to go next musically. Because I'm, I'm always changing, you know, like as you can tell by what I'm doing, it's like I'm either going to make a guitar record, I'm making, um, you know, a punk record. And then this was my attempt at like making stuff that was more informed by uh, – Things like ELO, Steely Dan, um, a little bit of Brazilian music too. Natalie turned me on to like Milton Nascimento. So I was just trying to roll all that into something. Well, you know what might make it easy? Maybe an understanding yeah. that music's music and fuck genre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I didn't want to do a shortcut on your no. on the truth on you there, Eric. But No, no, but that's, that's exactly where I was coming from was like, why can't I take things that are disparate elements and put them together and um i think it i think that was really inspired but are they one, that desperate is it music music yeah it's music well that's what i was saying i i think it i think at first i used to think of that way where i'd compartmentalize oh dude that. i had a whole berlin wall built in my fucking brain with that shit yeah and then you realize it's all the same that's right well it's maybe not the same but it's got a common uh understanding 12 notes yeah, and and uh, emotions and uh, rhythms and uh, right uh, mood, all, all kinds of shit. Right, uh, human yeah. expression. Yeah. Okay, so more, more about Wiseacre. What was the so first the, Wiseacre song? What's that? What was the first Wiseacre song you wrote for that album? Yeah, first song was called "Nothing to Lose" because it was sort of like the manifesto for the record. Like, well, you know, I might as well put everything that I have into making this because if I'm, if I'm going to make something that's extremely personal and vulnerable, I might as well put it all out there. So nothing to lose is sort of like the, um, 
you know, the manifesto, the, uh, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, I like you rolling the dice in Vegas. Baby needs a new pair of shoes. <laughs> but, like, but I'm sure that well, that motherfucker went and took the money if he won and went and bought baby some new shoes. Exactly. <laughs> so I was just, I was just trying to make a reason for making an album. You know, you no, know, you had a great reason. You're getting fucking married. Getting married, and um, I wanted to put something out there that wasn't also. I, I, I tend to go for angular. And I wanted to do something that was listenable, but also had all the um, all the things that I like about music in there. You know, sometimes sometimes you forget to like when you sit down to write that you're doing something that you love. So I wanted it to be a labor of love, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, did Natalie help? She did. I mean, she would also like I play her songs and if something wasn't quite jiving properly i think she she has a really good ear for editing like i don't necessarily have that kind of ear i just kind of sit down and i chop it out and i write it and I, it all kind of comes out but she's the let, kind let of me guess you start with too much and she knows how to bring in the editorial scalpel exactly exactly that's that, man that, that, that's there's no greater gift another musician can do for a, a fellow musician Exactly, and I think it shows it shows a lot of patience on her part too to sit down and be able to, you know, hear something and say, ah, maybe that's not the bridge, or maybe the bridge needs to be later than that. And you know, a hundred percent of the time she's right. So <laughs> and I'm not I'm not not just saying that. You know, it is true. So then, um, like right before we got married, I went into the studio and cut. Four, four songs to see if it would work. And there's a guy in town in Nashville named Jeremy Ferguson. Um, he, who's amazing. He does, uh, he records everybody here. Uh, he's known for doing like the, you know, the band Lamb Chop. Sure. Yeah, I know the so bass man, like, Matt, the, yeah. the bass man, Matt Swanson used to be in Clockhammer, which was a great Nashville band. Okay. So there you go. So, uh, he, has done a lot of their records. He did the forthcoming Lamb Chop record too. And it just seemed like him and I had a lot of the same aesthetic ideas, you know, just, uh, he, he knew that if I said, you know what I really like, I really like the snare drum sound on Peter Gabriel three. He would know exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> Hopefully it wasn't Phil Collins. No, 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 no. no that man can play that. In fact, Phil Collins has got a neat thing with the with the flams on the toms. Bloom, 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 bloom. Exactly. <laughs> right. but this is more. I'm talking more like uh, Jerry Murata. You know, ah, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. So, or some Chester, so, yeah. or some Chester. Oh, Chester Thompson, exactly. Right. I, I, so he, I once shared the stage with the fire merchants. His drum set it was one of those things called a cage. Like everything's clamped on this big corral around, and he sat in the middle of. <laughs> That's exactly what it's called. Yeah, the rack. <laughs> yeah, a, the rack. That's it. That's it. He had a rack. Uh, yeah, those are not in fashion anymore, as you well know. But they uh, <laughs> <laughs> bogged out the whole fucking. <laughs> Look, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's Strange America because America is very strange. But so is strange... there is there an Eric Slick website? Yeah, EricSlick.com. Okay, people. E R I C S L I C K dot com. You probably got links to all them other places too. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no problem. But I like the idea you have a place where there's no filter. It's all just you and the people. 
Like having That's your right. own fancy, huh? That's right. And look, when you make your next record, the post-wedding album, please come back on the show. Let's play it and talk about it. I would love to. Yeah, because I could talk to you for a buttload of years, brother. I know. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> People, May 20, 2021 20, Dishwap Pedo Show. King your powder, right?